The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 209 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. A group of Oklahoma actors are coming together to post an all-new Dungeons & Dragons podcast. The theater geeks are bringing their talents to the show known as D20 to Curtain. The dungeon master for the game is theater veteran Jerome Stevenson, who joins us over the phone. Jerome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. So, what? Tell me about D twenty to Curtain. Well, it's it's been an interesting ride. The show is um, it's the result of a birthday party. My wife, who is a long time Dungeons and Dragons fan, uh, had been watching you know shows like Critical Role and, and streams, and I didn't know anything about it. But for her fortieth birthday, I wanted to to um, host a party. In fact, I planned on hiring a dungeon master. And having and you know playing in the game, but went and bought the books and went to my local game store, and they were really great about helping me find what I needed, and decided we wanted to play a game. So we played the game for the party. It was a great time. It was supposed to be a one-time event. My wife immediately just said that that's not going to happen. We're going to do that again, mm-hmm. uh, and that turned into a full campaign, which turned into two campaigns because she had a group of female friends that wanted to play. And as I'm learning more about the game, we discovered, boy, this is really a great exercise for actors that kind of keeps your muscles sharp and keeps you listening and actively listening and and sharing the stage. And, and, and so it, it really started to build into this idea of what if we could create a podcast where we played Dungeons and & Dragons, and because we're mostly all new to it, learned from the community how you get how we get better at the game, and at the same time, share our experiences as actors and helps people make their role play more immersive. Mm. And and that's how it was born. Yeah, when my wife, when I introduced her to Dungeons & Dragons, the her she's a former actor as well, and she the, her favorite part was making the backstory. Uh, she right. made this immaculate backstory because that's what we do as actors. Right, absolutely. Um, and you're creating you're creating a world for you to live in and giving yourself lots of opportunities for that to play out within the confines of the story. And the good thing about it is if you leave it open-ended enough, then it, 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 it comes back to you and, and you're, you're able to put out all those hooks in your, in your backstory and then let that play out live in the game. And that's, that's really fun. And it gives the other actors an opportunity to, to call it back or to create some point of reference, but it, it constantly makes you focus in on listening and sharing. And again, that's what makes the game so extraordinary. And also how important is it for improvisational skills for your, your group? You know, we, we have varying levels of improvers. There are some of us who are absolutely tied to scripts. There are some of us who are absolutely, who've got tons and tons of improvisational experience. But what we find 
and I, you know, we've played with different level players. We play with a bunch of people who aren't actors. What we find is if you're listening, and if you're just living in each of those moments that's happening beat by beat by beat, the improv just sort of happens. You have to, it, it requires a certain amount of trust. It requires a certain amount of don't be afraid and step out on this limb. But, but of course the improvisational uh, quality gets strong, but it's, it's interesting how little experience you have to have in that area for a scene to come alive and for a moment to come alive. And we've seen that across the board, which is another thing that we're, we're working to share on the podcast itself. Yeah, it's being uh, being creative regardless of whether or not you have have been doing years and years of improv. It's about just exactly. letting your creativity it's, flow. It's, it's exactly. You, as long as you will, if you will buy in, and this is the, the beautiful thing about this show and about the game, it is an exercise in make-believe. It is asking a group of adults to sit down at the table and to expose that childlike quality in themselves that so many of us have suppressed and says, no, that's not the way adults behave. And, and the game puts a group of people at a table and gives them permission to invest in make-believe, which is extraordinary. We get to fight our demons with that. We get to release our, our <laughs> suppressed angers and, and confront things that we confronted in our lives, but we did it the way we want, uh, we did it the wrong way or, or we missed the opportunity to, to address it at all. So it's really, it's really a game that, is, that works on so many different levels, and we wanted to take an opportunity to share that and why it's not just a fun exercise, but in a lot of ways it's important because storytelling is such a valuable part of what makes a society thrive. And really, a lot of it is is what we do in theater in the first place, because suspension of disbelief, you're asking the audience to believe that what you're seeing up on stage is real, that the actors are suspending their belief, that they're not just people, that they take on these roles. So it's all about right. that anyway. So there's a lot of correlation between theater and, and what we do in role playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, it's one of the reasons why we use terms like theater of the mind when you're talking about right. the game. Um, but but what makes it so compelling is that normally, even in theater, I think sometimes we get a little caught up in how am I? Am I good? Am I good in the show? Um, because the playwright's already done the work. He's laid out all, all of the structure of the piece. The director tells us how we're going to present it. In this instance, in Dungeons & Dragons, it's collaborative storytelling in that I cannot tell it alone. There is no way for me to make the story that happens at our table by myself. And it's best when I'm not only giving you a piece of the story, but I'm actively waiting for you to return something to me and then realize, okay, he's taking the ball that way. Then I have to now become a support character. And that is what keeps us fresh and keeps our skills sharp at the table, which is one of the reasons why I think a group of theater actors just fell in love with it. Well, and the interactiveness uh, that you were talking about, I've, you've, uh, I saw that they're up to episode five now, uh, four and five just dropped uh, earlier this right. week. I, I did get to, I've, I've gotten to listen to one, two, and three, one being a, oh, wow. more of a zero episode. Now, mm -hmm. what I love about this is I know the adventure you guys are playing. I've actually played in it myself, but. Oh, wow. Excellent. I, then you're going to have to, we're going to have to have you come in on the guest uh, of the show because we, we have behind the curtain episodes where we talk about uh, talk about 
And so I'd love to get your insights into that episode. I yeah. would love to. But the, you know, I was so funny because I, I, it took me a while to realize that this was the adventure that you guys were doing right. because you, you, first off, you had a, a whole new beginning for to, to bring these characters in and bring them together. And then each one kind of started doing their own thing. And it was beautiful to go, okay, I've played in this, but to watch other people and how they thought, okay, this is how my character would react to this situation, which was pretty right. amazing. Now, how would my character react? And it built a whole new scenario. Right. It, one well, that's, you, I had never run a module before. I had never had any um, experience with that. So when we decided we wanted to do the show, I thought, well, can we, I want to try our module, guys. I want to see how this works because I know that a lot of fans of the game really invest in these, but how do you make them your own? Well, it didn't take any time to realize, oh my gosh, these people who write for Wizards of the Coast are brilliant at mm -hmm. creating a scenario and giving you a wide open terrain in which to play. But also, it, it's so, it instantly becomes your own because there is no way for it, it is no way for you to respond to it the way two other guys did. Mm -hmm. It's unique to you, it's unique to your table, and if you're actively listening and you're actively participating, then it's going to be unique to, um, to that moment because you're listening for the next cue or you're trying to give them a hint about where you want your storyline to go or how you would respond to that. And that's really cool and requires your absolute attention and trust in the people at your table. Yeah. And it's great for the audience too, because the whole time I was just yelling out, get to the keep. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's awesome. So for the, for the audience too, we're in, we're invested in these characters and we want to know what's going to happen next. And, and uh, of course, you know, one of the first rules of, of, of D and D is never split the party. And that's what they end up doing. I'm like, no, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> And you're kind of like, what are you doing, you crazy <laughs> people? <laughs> um, it, it's, it's been a blast. And, and, and one of the fun things about him is that it's about, it's about us. Is that we don't know the game. We mm -hmm. don't know. I mean, I, I've learned that trope because I've watched enough videos of Matt Colville and Matt Mercer saying, don't spit the party. That's very good to know. Why did they say that? And then realizing it over time. But I have no idea why so much of the – commonly uh, understood wisdom is commonly understood. So I'm learning it in real time and, and again, getting a chance to play with actors who've never played the game before. Mm -hmm. And then my wife who has played for years over on and off. And, and it's such a different perspective that I get from both levels of characters, which is why we're look, looking forward to inviting our guest players into the game. You know, we're going to, have people across the spectrum, players who have been playing for years, actors who have never played, mm -hmm. uh, some, more, some people who are just in the middle, and seeing what each of those people bring to the experience and learning from them. Yeah, you, uh, you, some of uh, your, your actors uh, uh, have never actually played Dungeons & Dragons before they started this podcast. Is that correct? Right, right. Uh, well, um, well, I mean, let me, full disclosure, Jody was probably the newest player, and mm -hmm. we happened to play with her we were having a weird New Year's last year and said, all right, let's all not do anything out in the world. Let's just get together and we'll, I don't know, we'll play D&D. &D. And Jelly was like, I've always wanted to play. And so we said, well, sure. And we came up with a Marvel-themed session, and she wanted to play Groot, of all things. And it was <laughs> hysterical playing Groot. And we were just a couple of months away from 
kind of actually getting the ball rolling on this idea of a podcast, and I said, I think she's got to come play with us. She's so fresh and so open, but so committed to role play and to improv, it seemed like a no-brainer. And she's been so much fun to watch discover the game. Yeah, and Jody, uh, I've worked with her before, and she, she plays Lapis, right? She's an uh, mm-hmm. Earth Genasi, right? Yeah, she's an Earth Genasi. She's an Earth Genasi fighter, and, and she has decided... Um, we, we basically built a pre-generated character for her, and then once she came in, she fleshed it out and gave her a story and gave her an existence, and, and it's been a pleasure watching her come to life because, again, like you said, she's an actor. She wanted to build a backstory, and it's beautiful and rich and gives me lots of opportunities to bring that story back into the, the overall module. So it's really cool when you get to see what they can create. Yeah. Um, whether they know the rules of the game or not. And uh, another person I've worked with is Jared. Uh, he's playing uh, Jade, is that right? He plays Jade. He's our he's our changeling monk. Oh, changeling. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, he's a... And in fact, he, he originally decided he, he wanted to create kind of a, a, Joker, a Joker-esque character, and then once we started talking a little bit about the story hook and how he wanted to get these characters involved in the module he said yeah i think i want to play a changeling who doesn't want to change who never wants to be outside of his face and and who is a gentle natured creature but you know has the ability to really do some damage so i think i want to play a monk and of course he starts giving you these story elements and you're like well i'm gonna have to tie this in that way and and it just opens up your imagination to all the possibilities so it's it's extraordinary to watch them create and to be a part of it uh and i just hope that i'm able to to run this module in a way that you know half the people don't go oh he's screwing that up so bad <laughs> and that the players don't go what's happening no it, it's really it's really fun to listen to and i get you know it, it, it it's i think you got the fact that you're keeping it around an hour to an hour and a half it's it's about the size of a, a regular television show so weekly right. situation uh i it's one of the complaints i have about critical role i spent from january until may listening to every critical role episode so i'd be all caught wow. up and yeah four hours an episode is a lot um so i like that's the fact heavy, that they're short good, enough yeah. <laughs> and so uh so I, I i love the way they're 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 short they're easy to to to, to swallow um and and follow along well, that's one of the things that we're taking. Uh, we, you know, we we depend a lot on hearing from the voices of the community, not only about um, things like the episode links, but you know, people who write in or send us a voicemail that says, "Hey, just so you're aware, you know, you don't have to do this." Or here's a thing that somebody just brought up in a reminder and said, "Hey, please don't. You know, I don't want to start off early being a critical person, but hey, just remember these guys can use cover." And you kind of go, oh God, that's good to remember, mm-hmm. um, because again, we don't, we, we we hardly know the rules, and can't even imagine how people learn them and memorize them completely. So every time we get one of those suggestions, and somebody reaches out and says, "Hey, we're going to help you," it, it brings to mind what drew me into the game, what drew me into the game to begin with, which was. This community is so generous when it comes to sharing their passion about the game. And I thought, well, if they can be as generous with us as the people at my game store, and I can be as generous with my friends about helping them with the, the concepts of basic acting work, I think we could really build something together that's cool. And hopefully we will. 
um, I do want to go through the, the rest of these characters. Your wife, Jennifer, she's who's she playing? Mm-hmm. She she plays a character named Ula Reed, um, who is um, uh, part of their kind of original siblings group. Um, then we have Timothy Stewart, uh, who is a longtime member for the Pollock Theater Company, and he plays Al- Alturian James, always otherwise known as Allie. Uh-huh. And then finally, um, Kara Lynn Neal plays a character named Nezrin Kalasal. And I understand that, that Jennifer and Kara also played characters with the switch, switch names, that Jennifer's played a Nezrin and uh, Kara's played an Ula, is that right? Um, well, they, they, they played in a campaign together. They didn't play, the, the names were quite the same, but... Uh, but they played in a character, uh, a campaign together, and both of them, uh, strangely enough, have kind of stuck with either Asimar or Elf. <laughs> yeah. um, Kara is a big fan of the sorcerer, and Jennifer has never played a cleric before. She um, she uh, played a warlock before, mm-hmm. so maybe that's that's. And I, you know, it's just, I've, of course, that's what I, I do love about Dungeons and Dragons is because you get to. Uh, if you want to, you can start a new game and play a new character and and, sure. and walk them through the whole situation. It's wonderful. Oh man, it's it's and start from scratch. It's I've I've actually only played one character, a barbarian, because I was like, as far as a player, I'm going to learn the barbarian inside and out, <laughs> and then I'll move on because you know I am so nervous that I won't remember what I can do or or, or you know and, and and every day I play with these players I realize you know none of that matters because they're going to help you have a good time sure this is a game about people sharing the opportunity don't freak out about whether or not you know each spell or how that works you guys had a bit of a delay because of the coronavirus talk to me about that yeah so we had originally planned on uh releasing in early April um, and we're, you know, we were all set up to do live, a live game and record each other, you know, right there in the same space. But as it became very clear that the theater wasn't going to be able to produce, um, uh, through to as our, our season, as we had planned and we had to stop rehearsals and performances, then we should be talking about, well, can we do it? Can we have the show? Is it well, the, the quality won't be a, it's the same and, how can you do teleconferencing and make this all of this work? And, and, and the gameplay actually changes when you're not sitting at the same table and can't vibe off each other. But we ultimately decided that we wanted to be able to contribute something that was fun and valuable and artistic, even at this time when it seemed like all of those things had to go away. And so we thought an interesting diversion, and we hope that there are a handful of people who find value in it because inevitably those people are our tribe and and we wanted to reach out to them and say hey we have an idea let's do this together well the beauty of the i guess you guys are going through zoom is that right that's right i can't tell except for those times when you point it out (laughs) and because i know and it's my my friday night group and my saturday night group we're both having to do it over we do it over discord but it's still the okay. same problem. You, you, you're not, you, you're not, there's not a table in front of you and everybody's seeing right. the exact same thing. So right. there, so that's a problem. And, and I, and so every now and then you guys will point it out and I realize, Oh, they're not in the same room. Um, because that's I can't right. tell yeah. by the voice. I can't tell by the audio at all. That's awesome. We are, we are super grateful and 
we've been working on trying to find variations on the theme, and of course nobody has a uh, soundproof studio in their room, and <laughs> right. all of us have dogs and their kids, and <laughs> you know, so the kids every once in a while is walking around with his iPad, and you're like, okay, let's see if we can get that out of there. <laughs> that um, just adds life. That's like that's like ambient. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's what's the kid doing in the tavern? Oh my gosh, that's right. Why, why is he watching something on Cinemax? Why is that not good? Uh, um, um, so yeah, that's that's that was our delay, and and but thankfully we've been able to go ahead and produce anyway. And now that we've kind of figured it out, we get to restore back to our original plans because we always figured once we got past the first. Um, part of the module the first mission or so of the module then we would start inviting in our guest players and Mm -hmm. and then and start introducing more theatrical techniques and so while the schedule's a little bit delayed we feel like we're finding our rhythm and most recently in the later episodes that we've recorded i've really been happy to say that the players have have started to put all of that behind them and go you know what it's just a matter of stepping out on faith and they're doing just that even in zoom so it's cool yeah, even if the, the, you've got the added pressure of the fact that you've got microphones and you're putting this out on podcast, but even just sitting at a table for your first time, it's there's a little bit of a touch of nervousness because you don't know where you're going. You don't know where this adventure is leading. But once you start to get comfortable, then it starts to flow a lot easier, especially once everyone knows what they can do. And then also being right. comfortable in the the space of recording it and putting it out as a show. Right. It, it 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 that brings such a level to it, and and it's funny because one of the things that we talked about right off is that their greatest fear, my greatest fear, is that oh well, what happens when it's not entertaining? What happens when it's not interesting to listen to? And as we did just a couple early sit down and 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 test the equipment and see how it works, it became imperative imperative to me as the dungeon master and kind of director to say listen. Don't play to their entertainment. Mm-hmm. Don't pander to what you think the audience wants. They want to see you play the game. Don't try to put on, you know, there are tons of comedy D&D podcasts where it's all about making jokes. There are tons of, everybody fills their own niche in the show. For us, let's just try to play the game and see if that doesn't create something that's engaging to listen to. Everybody won't love it. The audience will not be 20 million people, but for that core group of us that really loves the creativeness of the game, I think it will be compelling. And, and that fingers crossed what we hope will happen. Well, and I just recently, I li- tried listening to one of another D and D podcast that was, it was silly just to be silly. And I, sure. my only problem with that was I felt like it was more making fun of what I enjoy rather than actually because like be funny. That's, that's fine. I think critical role, for sure. example, is funny without having to be, overtly goofy with it and and right i like the fact that you guys are taking it seriously uh, as just so much as, as critical role does the the fact that you guys bring this this seriousness um but know that you can be entertaining as well is why why i think the past three episodes at least the three that i've listened to have been fantastic no that's so kind of you and we're that's kind of what we're banking on because we i do think that there are podcasts out there where they're like, look, this game is really silly, but look how funny we can be, um, which also runs the risk of, of doing a thing in the game that's a little bit selfish. It's, it's, hey, look over here. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. I'm the funny guy. Let me tell you a funny joke. And, oh, you've got a, you're doing a scene? Yes, but I'm going to say another funny thing over here. 
And and what we are really wanting to show and share with people is that if you're giving, if your whole focus at the table is making sure that the person you're playing with has the support to make their hero's journey happen, mm. then they're going to do the same for you. And and that's what makes the game really rich. And we discovered early on in the campaigns we were running, we would have players at our table in tears because they were so committed to what happened to someone else or their need to achieve that 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 goal or to overcome that obstacle and 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 then equally laughing out loud in the context of the characters it wasn't us laughing at ourselves it was what these characters had done and i thought boy that's really that's really co- collaborative work and it's something that actors strive for and i don't know that i ever reached that level of collaboration because ultimately you've got one hand on the wheel and one hand on someone else's script but here it's you making it all together. Yeah, and it's become it becomes an ensemble cast. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And equal parts that are valuable and bringing in guest players that bring new levels of storytelling that you could never have anticipated. And again, if you're focused on sharing, the way those stories can develop the module just gives you the playground in which to work, mm-hmm. but it's these people and their personalities and their personal demons and drive that make it unforgettable. And so having a document of it where we could look back at the story and go, we made that together, seems like gold for us. Yeah. And I understand that you guys are also going to do things for your audience where you're going to allow them to kind of peek behind the curtain, as it were. Is that correct? Yes, that's we, we, the show is built on two episode types. We have live play episodes where we're playing in the course of the adventure. And then the behind-the-curtain episodes will we'll deal with all things D&D and all things role-playing. So it'll, it'll include, like, we're looking forward to recording a, a Dungeon Masters roundtable where Dungeon Masters talk about, hey, here's the way you take a module and make it your own. Here's ways that players uh, can improve their their immersion in the role play. But actors will sit around and talk about why concepts are, how do you approach certain concepts in theatrical work. Um, we'll talk about everything from preparing your Dungeon Master notes, which I'm looking forward to recording because I still haven't found a method that I like. Right. Um, but, but I hadn't found any resources that would tell me how to do it. Um, I'm looking for Colville. I'm looking for Guy Scanlon. And just somebody to say, how do I write these in order so I can follow them? <laughs> um, so we'll do a little bit of all of that. Yes, yeah, see, I, had to get, I had my wife say, should, should we put the, your, all your, you know, your stuff, your, DND, your DM stuff in like a notebook? And I'm like, you can't. Because if my de- yeah. players go off into another direction, I got to have those. I got to, oh, I'm looking at page 91 now. They were just on page three. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, how do, and, and we've got to find some way to do that because I've, I've watched any resource I could find, and it's really difficult. Mercer does it one way. Matt Coville does it another way. And I just like, I'm the new guy. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no. And when the characters take a jump in the adventure, I don't want to spend 20 minutes looking through my pages to find out where they are. Yeah. I know. That's, that's where, I, where I find it as well. But I think you do such, such a fantastic job of just telling the story, which is the most important part. Uh, everything right. else... The, uh, mechanics are are f- important, I think, but really what it's about is telling the story. Otherwise, because the mechanics, if, if everyone was all about mechanics and didn't do it, tell a story, this wouldn't be a fun game. Right, right. That makes complete sense. Well, 
Yeah, because at the end of the day, one of the things that we talk about, and, and we'll start to add more of this to the show, I actually encourage my players, don't, don't get hung up on coming out of the story. There is, there is great value in, in living in it from moment to moment. But every time you have to stop to go, well, I think this spell does this, and let me read it, it pulls you out of the immersion. Mm-hmm. And, and it's much easier for me to say, I'm going to say that that works for right now, and then we'll look it up after the game. Mm-hmm. Hey, turns out you can't fly. Um, <laughs> um, well, you're going to get a nosebleed because you used an ability you could never use before, and we'll figure out where that came from <laughs> later. Right. All of a sudden, you're doing powers you shouldn't be able to do. Yes, that's cool. That's right. It's like you're also half barbarian, my sorceress. But, 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 but if you could stay in it, if you can stay invested in it, it makes for a richer experience. We can figure out the logistics later because the truth of the matter is you can't do any of these things because it's a pretend game, mm-hmm. which is what makes it awesome. Yeah. And I understand that you are looking for feedback, but I, one of the things I love is that you are really trying to emphasize that people be kind. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, we're, we're all just, we're fans of this game. And, and most of us came to it late. I didn't even, I never played Dungeons and Dragons until I was 45 plus years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jade had played, uh, Jared had played a couple of times, but hadn't played in years. Timothy's just being introduced to it for the first time. So as much as we want to hear what people have to say, we definitely want them to help us. Hey, you know, you can do this. Or here, here's the thing that we do at our home game that's really cool, and it takes away some of the pressure. And we kind of go, oh, my God. The worst thing would be for someone to say, hey, you're doing this all wrong, and you don't deserve to play Dungeons and & Dragons. And, because it's, it's a hobby that's been nothing but generous, mm-hmm. and the community has been nothing but welcoming. And so we try to encourage that with our players because I think that's how you build a new generation of players and people who respect the game and go, you know what, it's not any of those stereotypes that I thought. Yeah. I really wish that I had started playing this earlier because that's certainly how I feel. Yeah, I, I played back in the 80s when everybody else did like the Stranger Things type thing, but then right. I stopped for the longest time until three, three years ago when my son and I went to an event that was playing D&D and we immediately were hooked. And I really, yeah, I just, I, I, so my son now within a year, he was dungeon mastering. Um, he's, he runs our Saturday night table. Uh, you know, he's only 14 years old and, wow. uh, he is just amazing. And so it's, I, but it does make me wish I, I had been playing for, cause I quit in the late eighties when, uh, what they mm-hmm. called second edition came out. And I wish I'd played oh. through to understand the evolution of Dungeons and Dragons. All I know is from that moment until now. Uh, But I love the fact that it's still just a game where people sit around at a table or even for now virtually and, and share an experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it is. I didn't, I didn't get the chance to get a chance to be a part of it during the, the whole panic uh, (laughs) phase. But I remember hearing about it on the periphery. I remember, oh, okay, you know, parents were saying this was a thing and this is how it worked. And so you're going to want to, oh, I better stay away from that. Um, but I, I now wish that I had been playing the game in, in that early phase of my life because, like you, I would have liked to have seen how it developed. Um, because this system that exists now, as I understand it, is so easy and so friendly. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is designed to not 
scare you off and and open you up to the possibilities of the game rather than oh you can only play it if you have these rules understood um so no i i didn't i'm like i'm like you i didn't get a chance to do um the whole arc unfortunately mm-hmm. unlike you i didn't get a chance to play it at the beginning i'm just now joining um i'm just now catching up to oh this is why it's so amazing this is why it's been part of the pop culture since the 70s yeah um and you're not alone there are so many because of the popularity of dungeons and dragons i mean it's having its own renaissance right now i I wish i and i think part of it is possibly because it is has become so much easier for people to just join up just here's you can make a character in 15 minutes and we can start uh, it used to be right. it took 30 minutes to an hour to, to make a character. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, now you could just sit down or I can hand you a piece of paper that has already a character on it and we can run with it. You don't have to know any of the rules nowadays. I think with 5e, you can just sit down as long as you've got a, a dungeon master who's willing to work with you and walk you through it. Well, you could just sit down and start playing. And that's what I love about this game now. I think what where the where it is right now. Yeah. Well, and then you, you take the, the technology and... The environment, I think that there is, as much as I hate this kind of phrase, really, there's something become, becoming more accessible or acceptable about nerd culture. Yes. Um, we, you used to be a thing where it was like, oh, my God, Revenge of the Nerds, and, and there had to be this long arc until they became human beings. Um, and, and now we, we're all willing to kind of say, you know what, I'm a nerd about this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm absolutely passionate about it, if that's what being a nerd is. So, yes, I'm a theater geek. I love plays. I love, you know, working on plays. But I'm also a geek about Marvel and mm-hmm. movies and Joss Whedon and, and and Star Wars. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's I know. Isn't that amazing? Now. It's weird that we can be that way now. <laughs> yeah. Who, who knew? Um, you know, I'm a six-foot-tall African-American guy who's pretty broad. And so most of my life has been, oh, no, you can't be like that. But I'm like, absolutely, I can be like that. I can be both. <laughs> exactly. I can be both. I can be, you know, and why wouldn't I be? And so you mix that with the the accessibility of it and, and things like streaming and, you know, thank God for Twitch and mm-hmm. for Critical Role. And those guys brought a whole new level of um, popularity to it. And obviously it's because they're, they're both awesome and accessible. Um, but then you've got dice camera action and all of these wonderful places where somebody has said there's nothing wrong with this. It is cool in its own way. And if people don't think it's cool, then they're not the people to play it with. Yeah, exactly. So where can people find more information about uh, D20 to Curtain? Well, our, our website is a great place to start uh, at d20tocurtain.com. Of course, they can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at handle d 20 Curtain. Um, and then they can find the podcast itself on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, um, just as many places as you can find to, 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 to listen to podcast. And if they come up with something that we haven't found, send it in and we'll get it on. There. <laughs> yeah, really. And, but yeah, anywhere you can and make uh, have people that go there and subscribe and, and, and leave comments because I, you know, you're looking for them. You're, you're wanting to get some feedback from your audience. Absolutely. As much as we can build up both the the show in terms of who is all who, what audience members are seeing it but also we want to be able to make this an interactive podcast we don't want to show that people just listen to we want to show that people are a part of we're going to be 
in the coming weeks, taking those reviews and comments and reading them on the show, sharing the advice of the audience. And then thanks to Zoom, we're even opened up further in that we'll have guest players from just our commenters and reviewers. Yes, some of them will be our actor friends. Some of them will be absolute strangers because these guys are really good at D&D and they've proven to be really uh, supportive and helpful. And we want to play with people like that. We want to learn the game, remember? So we're excited about all of those possibilities. And, and, and some of that stuff's going to be happening really soon. Has there been any word at all about when the Pollard might reopen for you guys? Well, our, our plans at present... Uh, were to shut down until June, mm-hmm. um, but to resume as soon as possible with the uh, restoration of the end of our 33rd season. So the two titles that we ended our season with, um, or plan to end our season with, Your Good Man Charlie Brown and mm-hmm. Puffs, um, will be the first shows on the docket. And our hope is that we will be returning to that um, by August, September. Um, that's what we're hoping for. But we've also got contingency plans that take us into January and yeah. take us into February. So we've made uh, a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. Uh, <laughs> there's D1, D2. So That's right. Um, the real question is, is is making sure that we have the audience's trust, making sure that we can keep the audience safe as well as our artists safe. Um, that's our number one priority, and, and, and that'll inform all decisions. Certainly looking forward to getting all the lights back on at the Pollard. I know that for certain. I am. I am too, my friend. I'm, I, it is, it is a thing we miss greatly, and this, uh, this, this, this too shall pass. Exactly, exactly, and we'll be stronger for it. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I agree. I believe that wholeheartedly. But Jerome, thank you so very much for showing up, and everybody, go to d twenty decurtain dot com and and uh, and on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and pull up the podcast and listen to it. Cause it's again, it's it's short and it's easy to listen to. Well, we thank you, and, and we sure appreciate your support and, and helping us to, to spread the word about the show. And I cannot uh, stress enough. I hope that you'll come and be on the show. I hope you'll come and come be a guest player or, or come sit in on a DM roundtable, whatever you like. I think, we, I think you'd have a ball, and I know we learn a lot from you. Count me in, definitely. Fantastic, Jerome. Thank oh. you so much. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Maybe it's online. Well, please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Jerome Stevenson, I'm Michael Cross reminding you to keep calm and geek on.